Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand, sustainable, vintage resale consignment. What does it mean to buy stuff that belonged to someone else first? How can you sell your closet? I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined back again, thankfully reunited with the bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hey, Mare. You know, it's funny. I did a big move recently. And which is why you haven't heard from us in a, in about a week. And part of that move had to do with a lot of me looking at stuff that I own that I care about, but I had to really think about whether or not I wanted to keep it. And I think moving is, it's a stressful situation, but it's also a very good opportunity for people to, you know, figure out what do I want to keep and what do I not really care about? It totally forces you. It's funny. There's someone in my building who's moving. Whenever anyone moves, I know I like capitalize on the situation. I'm like, oh, do you have stuff you're getting rid of? Do you have clothes (laughs) that you just can't take? Um, And then I like paw through stuff and make them different offers. I actually did that with a friend Last week, as her wedding gift, she's like, as, as my wedding gift, can you just come over and like show me how to sell my stuff? And I was like, of course. So in like 15 minutes flat, I had separated everything into varying categories and bags and, you know, where to take them in D.C. and where what to sell online and hands flying. It was great. Uh, but yeah, moving will really do that. It forces you to think about what you really, truly want to haul down the street or in your case to a completely different city in the midst of some nature crises, which we're very glad you're, you're all good in the hood. Yeah. So, um, we, uh, (laughs) out here in Western Sonoma County, we were evacuated right after I moved in. There were definitely some things that burned down, but nobody was hurt. Animals were safe. All of that was very good. But because of that, yes, it does require you to be like, okay, what's important. And you know what? Clothes, Not important. Totally. Yeah, that's a very extreme situation of just sort of having to pick what you take and what you don't. But I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad that we can talk about some of the very important stuff and some of the less important stuff and and what to do with that stuff. This is an episode that is a guide to secondhand shopping in New York. I am asked constantly, we're starting a series of It Never Gets Old City Guides. I spend my time when I travel to different cities and different countries, secondhand shopping, 
you know, vintage consignment, thrift, resale, whatever you want to call it. And I'll talk about sort of the different categories. But the number one thing I'm asked, I think, in my DMs, in addition to will you find me my wedding shoes, um, is I'm going to New York. I listen to the podcast. Shout out. It never gets old listeners asking me these sorts of things or really ask me anything, honestly. Um, And then friends will ask me, too, because New York is the fashion capital of the world, I think, besides Paris. And let me tell you, there's some really good stuff there. Sarah, have you ever secondhand shopped in New York? That is a good question. Um, I, I've never lived in New York, but I, you know, I have a lot of friends there and I've been there for work and play, you know, over the last 20 years quite a bit. I don't know that I have ever bought anything secondhand knowingly in New York, but I can imagine that it's a great place to do so. Yes. So I am here to tell you all about it, especially with, you know, the explosion of sustainable fashion vis-a-vis high-end secondhand fashion. There are amazing brick and mortar stores that I'll talk about in New York that I always check out. Every time I go to New York, I always look for new, I go to the old staples, which I will let you in on all of those secret haunts and who to ask for and what to look for. I genuinely cannot remember the first time I bought something secondhand in New York. It was definitely late high school, early college. And as I said in my vintage t-shirts episode, go back and listen about my deep, deep passion for vintage t-shirts. St. Mark's Place in New York in the East Village used to have so many different vintage t-shirt shops and there's still a lot of great vintage shops that I will talk about but I do remember going there and beginning my t-shirt collection and definitely getting hooked on it after already spending time you know doing it in middle school and high school in Washington so New York has always been sort of one of the shopping meccas and so I will tell you all the places I have been I've checked them all out there's still a ton more um and just a New York it never gets old 101 Since it's New York and since it's glitzy and glamorous and, you know, fashion, 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 my favorite thing about New York is that people will wear anything at any time. You could be on the subway and someone would be on a ball gown and nobody would blink twice. Like it just is is totally normal. Like the outfits you see in New York, I love. It's one of my favorite things about New York City is... um, just looking at everyone's fashion choices and some of them are very high end and some of them are not like just the unbelievable amount of style that exists in New York is deeply exciting. And that means that there's a tremendous variety for you to choose among. But I'm going to start with probably the most expensive store, which is called What Comes Around Goes Around. Have you heard of that, Sarah? I have. I've not been there. Uh, But uh, tell us about it. Yeah, so what comes around goes around has existed. I'm trying to remember the first time I heard about it. I want to say it was right at the height of Rachel Zoe when she had her TV show. This was a minute ago. Uh, What comes around goes around is prohibitively expensive. I would never shop there, but I always walk in, at least in their Soho store, and take a look around. Because if you are someone who is a collector or wants to see, like, the most insane collection of pieces, a lot of Chanel, a lot of Hermes, a lot of previous runway looks, a lot of just like in the way that decades in Los Angeles, and I will get into the Los Angeles guide for it never gets old. What comes around goes around 
has very, very highly specific buying standards, people who are curators. It's more of a museum, frankly, than it is a store. Is the stuff really that good? Or is it just marked up because it was reality show based? So it's not reality show based. I do remember Rachel Zoe going there because she has an, a vintage problem like yours truly. Um, and I remember her looking around there because she was looking like if you want to do no work and you have and budget is in money's not an option like, you know, is is no limit for you then. And if you're a true collector now, this is just like the fun, like we're starting at the like crazy, crazy pricing and then we'll go down from there because this would be like I can't imagine stuff that's more expensive. Um, if you're a very serious collector or you really want to look at impeccably preserved pieces this would be the place and if you went in and said hey like you know I'm looking for a John Paul Gaultier like 1995 bustier in green if they didn't have it they would potentially be able to tell you a collector it's a museum basically um and I treat it as such and I always take photos of all the different bags and they just have an incredible collection of things that are all in pristine shape but you're not going to shop there. So we'll start there to just sort of look around and look at all the shiny objects. And then you're going to walk out and do and do your actual shopping. Because of the boom of resale, particularly, you know, luxury resale, we've talked so much about the real real. Um, you have the real real store. The real real store is in Soho and it is feels like any other boutique, which is sort of the point of the real real. It is heavily curated. It's on the more expensive side, but they do have awesome stuff. It's organized kind of by size. They have like extra small, small. They, they like label the racks, like extra small, small, medium, large, large, extra large. Well, it's all kind of mixed that's in. normally like that's how racks go, right? But it's not organized by category. So it is like here, it's the creme de la creme of their stuff. It's, this, you know, most of it has tags on. If you are a newbie and you want a really nice item, I, you know, very much stand the real real. They have very serious authentication standards. It feels like a really high-end boutique. My dream closet scenario where you sort of like pull out, they come out of the wall and it's just like racks of stuff and it's very beautiful and they have some of their their stores this one in particular in Soho has a cafe in it um, and it has menswear downstairs which I always look at too equal opportunity shopper I did happen to see um, a set of Goyard dog bowls water and food which um, being Feynman my dog definitely doesn't need uh, some of the pieces are just ridiculous and some of them are really cool I bought a pair of amazing boots from the real real store um um, and, you know, they have an unbelievable selection of stuff. So this whole idea of having a physical store that is, uh, you know, sort of an offshoot of the online store that is very popular, the real real being one of those popular stores, it is interesting to me to hear about what's in that store. Is it accessibility? From what you're saying, it sounds like no. It's like kind of the stuff that might be out of reach for a lot of people that would be on the rear reel online. So some of it's still really expensive. I would say if you're looking for like a really special piece, a special pair of shoes, things that are close to this season and almost current, things with no, you know, visible wear on them. So brands like Balenciaga, Celine, 
you know, some high-end contemporary labels like a Sandy Liang and a Mons and stuff that's like hyper, hyper of the moment and does not require digging. So like what we're doing here is going from, I would say, you know, most expensive to least, but also most, you know, like a museum and shoppable you know, very easy to look at everything in one place to then like, you know, by the end of this episode, we're going to be pawing through a bunch of stuff. But the Real Real is great to just get a sense of like what you're into, what you like. They often have stuff on sale. You just ask. Um, and the store has like snippets of some of some of the best things that are just like, you know, they'll have a whole incredible rack of Chanel clothing or they have a new partnership with Burberry. They'll have a whole rack of like new Burberry things like that's where your chances are to get like the latest and greatest. You know, I always say that you can find anything secondhand, but it's very hard to find stuff that's current season. I would say the real real store is your best shot at finding something that's actually current season. Like what comes around goes around is going to have an insane collection of Chanel bags from the 90s, but it's not going to have something that was in stores last week. And along those lines with sort of this like new resurgence of people that aren't interested in secondhand clothing, getting in on the game is something called Rebag. Have you heard of Rebag, Sarah? I haven't. Tell me about it. So Rebag is interesting. So it's only secondhand bags, especially higher end ones. So again, the, you know, Chanel, Celine, Balenciaga, uh, Saint Laurent, like, you know, Gucci investment handbags. I don't know if you, how much you could call them investment, but handbags, expensive handbags. And it you have some options. I, I hadn't been in there because it was really expensive, I thought, because also I am going to bat so intensely for all this stuff that that I'm like, I'm not a boob. I'm not going to buy this stuff. But if there's one really expensive handbag that you're after, I would look into Rebag. It is not a significant discount. It is it is a, a, a discount because it's secondhand. When you say not a significant discount, like like let us know like what it would have uh, sold for at retail and what you could get off. Totally. OK, so like. I am not here to buy anything that's not like 90% off and I have like, you know, punched five people in the face in order to like obtain it. That's like my level of crazy. But at a rebag. So let's say you have the Saint Laurent Sac du Jour, which is a very popular sort of briefcase like classic square new Saint Laurent handbag. Um, If you get the medium size, I think it's probably like retails at like $2,900, maybe $2,800, $2,900. At a rebag, it would be like a $2,100. Oh, okay. All right. So So for me- It's still quite high. Still quite high. However, rebag is a fascinating business model because you can buy it or you can have it for a certain amount of time and then give it back to them and it tells you exactly how much- they'll give you for it so the tag like when I flip the tag over let's say that's I'm making this up because I don't remember the exact bag I was looking at but if you have this $2,900 you know Saint Laurent bag the tag said you can buy this today for $2,100 and we'll buy it back for $1,700 that was really interesting I don't totally remember if there are time limits I'm pretty sure you can only have it for a certain amount of time but it's almost like renting it if you want it's crazy 
So I would say that The Real Real and Rebag are two of the new shiny 2019, like seeming like a regular boutique, a little bit more accessible for people for whom secondhand is new um, and want to really do an investment piece with like no wear and tear on it. But that's not where the fun is for me. You know, I really want to get in there in New York. So I have talked about before and I tell everyone who goes to New York that I would say my favorite consignment stores in New York are Ina. I-N-A. I've never met Ina herself. Um, she's sort of a mythical creature to me, but they have several stores that used to have more. Um, and there is still high end, but the prices are amazing. The stuff is amazing. There are so many people in New York with so much money and so much stuff that they just like, you know, stick it all in a consignment store and don't think twice. So you can get all kinds of stuff. You can negotiate like this is when we start to get to be able to negotiate like what comes around goes around the real real rebag ones that are very high end very corporate uh you can't negotiate there but at a place like Ina which is still pretty high end designer has has incredible prices and incredible stuff I've gotten so much stuff there over the years I've sold with them before and they have incredibly knowledgeable salespeople what was the uh, th- the thing that you got from Ina that you love the most over the last five years? God, I'm trying to think of like what's in my closet. Oh, I have this incredible. So, you know, if you've listened to any of the backlog of It Never Gets Old, you know that uh, I am a denim fiend. And there was this frame, which is a, you know, trendy denim brand for Fashion Week, gifted uh, dinner attendees, this uh, one of a kind frame denim jacket that had patches all over it. It had black, it has black and white patches all over it. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I have to have that. The problem was they never sold it. Um, and so I thought about it and I remember like Googling around and looking through these fashion week pictures and they were on the backs of the chairs of all these, you know, the fashion week attend dinner attendees seats. And I walked into Ina one day about a year ago and there was one hanging on the rack in their Soho store. Uh, if you go to the Soho store, ask for squirrely like the animal. Um, she's very familiar with me, Meredith from DC. Uh, and I immediately, I was like, holy shit, that's the jacket. That's the jacket I've been looking for. That's a jacket that never sold. I think it might be my favorite article of clothing, period. Um, and that was just wildly special. But over the years, I've gotten so many things from Ina. You know, I'm thinking about a Proenza uh, schooler dress that I probably paid $125 for. I'm thinking about a pair of Attico heels, which are gorgeous mules that I probably paid $200 for, handbags. Uh, I've bought, you know, I no longer buy expensive handbags as much, but like fun <laughs> clutches. They're, they're so basically, all, they have you've it all. Gotten, you've gotten it all there. I've gotten it all there. It's still pretty pricey, but... Their, their, their eye is amazing and their men's stuff is great too. I've bought, you know, I have a couple sweaters from the men's store um, and they have sort of a cult following in New York, I would say. Like people really know Ina and I think because of the real real and this is part of a longer conversation on sort of the culture of secondhand and consignment stores and what that means. A couple of them have disappeared. They have fewer locations than ever, um, but people really know them and just go to Ina. Just do it. They have a huge new Union Square store, um, which is 
like skews a little bit younger. It's a little bit more contemporary brands versus just high-end designer. And you can ask them if they have some room. I've negotiated a lot with with Ina overall. Ah, I'm, I'm thinking about this Givenchy Couture blazer that I bought there for 70 bucks. It's like pure organza. And I ended up selling it to the real real. Um, for, and, for, uh, for a price higher than $70, one would assume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I love Ina mm-hmm. very, very much, I will say. Uh, where else am I shopping in New York? So for a long time, second time around was a thing which has uh, closed its doors, which was sort of a chain of resale shops. So Ina's consignment, which means it's a little bit more expensive, which means the stuff's on loan as we've you know gone through. If you want to learn more exactly what all these terms mean, it's good to refresh on them, uh, listen to back episodes if it never gets old. So when second time around went out of business, all of the great stuff, and I'm giving up my secret, went to Crossroads. Crossroads has two locations right now in New York City. Well, one in Manhattan and one in Brooklyn. Whenever I'm in New York, I go to both. There's a Crossroads in D.C., which is not as good as the New York locations. And so I sell all my stuff at the Crossroads in D.C. and I hoard all the credit. And then I I get off the train and I wheel my suitcase directly from the train into the crossroads before I literally go anywhere else. And every time I walk in, they're like, oh, are you selling? Because, you know, as I've said, you can wheel a suitcase to sell stuff. I'm like, no, I'm just here to do some damage. So crossroads, chef's kiss is excellent and they have them all over the country. Uh, But the New York ones are really ace. You know, one thing that's great about New York, as I said, like the fashion is crazy. People are wacky, you know, all kinds of different along the spectrum of just out there, like dressed to the nines or just in some unusual, you know, whenever I'm in New York, I'm always clocking people's outfits, just like looking very close, staring at them. And a lot of the most interesting, unusual, sculptural, Japanese designers, strange things, one-of-a-kind things are at Tokyo 7. You know, I've talked a little bit about my beef with Tokyo 7, which is in the East Village because of a Celine uh, skirmish, but they do really have incredible things and the prices are very good they have you have to hunt a little bit more now we're getting into stuff you definitely have to hunt more we're starting to get down into stuff that is a little bit less organized but Tokyo 7 if you want like a crazy sculptural Marnie piece or Yoji Yamamoto like strange looking jacket that is just going to be ultimate one of a kind go there uh they have and their accessories are very well priced Um, And they just have just the most unique stuff, honestly, in the city. So so if you're really looking to get some stuff that's truly out there, that's a little bit less mainstream and still like interesting designers, that's where you should go. So we've talked about your favorite places in New York. Has there been a place that, uh, I don't know, surprised you where you kind of walked in off the street and man, they had something good? I'm trying to think. I think my first experiences with Ina, I don't even remember when I discovered Ina. Truthfully, what I tell people and what I do when I go to places, like I'm going to Chicago this week, um, please hit me up if you have good Chicago secondhand recommendations. They will go into the city guide, is honestly Yelp. 
I don't think, I don't know if I first discovered it on Yelp or I stumbled upon it. I remember being in an Ina once and Nikki Hilton, Paris Hilton's sister was in there with me. And I was like, that's Nikki Hilton. Why is Nikki Hilton in this store? Like, you mean, I know a lot of wealthy people that still buy secondhand, but like not the Hilton sisters. She looked very confused and walked right out. It's just, I, I don't know. Like sometimes you just find amazing things like that jacket. But then there are other places where you can find amazing things too. And they are thrift and they are vintage and they are, you know, messy stores. You know, you hear a lot about, this is Manhattan in particular, not necessarily all of the, you know, the boroughs of Manhattan or boroughs of New York. But you people saying, oh, it's changed. You know, everybody's rich. You know, everybody else has been driven out. Is the consignment life, you know, sort of, you know, still alive and well? Because that, you know, that that's something that that would, you know, go by the wayside if if people were pushed out. Yes and no. I think that something's happening in the secondhand world, which I've said a little bit with stores like The Real Real and Rebag. Like, I don't consider those a joyful secondhand experience. I like to discover things. I like to sit and talk to salespeople. I like to ask them what's new. I like to tell them what I like. I like to say, like, what do you think of X, Y, and Z? You're like, let's let's hunt through this stuff for the gems. Um, when you make it really easy for me, and now that's how this business is booming, that's one thing. But I do worry about the culture of vintage stores in particular as they get, you know, a lot of consignment store owners, a lot of vintage store owners are, you know, women in their second career, older, not technology based, running these little shops. And I will say, like, for example, in St. Mark's and other parts of New York that used to be a little bit grimier and a little bit less developed and a little bit full of fun, you know, vintage stuff. Those are definitely getting, you know, mowed over by by this new shiny resale environment for sure. So now we're really hunting through stuff in New York. Uh, The Buffalo Exchanges, it's a chain. They have some good stuff in New York if you're willing to paw through, but really a New York staple is Beacon's Closet. So Beacon's Closet is, I guess, a mixture of everything. And you really have to be, you know, ready, willing, and able, stretch before you go in to really paw through all the stuff. Their Brooklyn location is great. Um, and you have a real mixture of people in there too in these stores. You know, you go into, I remember being in Beacon's Closet once and seeing some like C-list celebrity and some clearly some models selling their stuff. The lines are around the block to sell on the weekends. Uh, Beacon's Closet is just definitely, it's not as organized as like an Ina. It's not as high end as a real real, but it definitely has some soul and it definitely has a lot of stuff in it. And at a Beacon's Closet, you could get something very high end designer or you could get something totally thrift. And that's what's really fun, you know, pawing through the closets of like cool people in New York. That's what I love is the way that people combine things in New York in ways that are high and low. And it's just I mean, it's just, you know, the genesis of style. A really interesting player in sort of I feel like the not commoditization, but I would say the real reeling of vintage is something called Vintage Twin. The Vintage Twin, uh, you've probably heard about. They made a lot of news for having a vintage denim bar back when, or at least not back, I think it still continues, when when vintage Levi's, which we have a whole guide to denim, a lot on vintage Levi's in a previous episode, um, became sort of the thing. And you would go, walk in and you could go into their denim bar where they had like tons of different like swaths, like flats of vintage Levi's and someone would help you and then like, Uh, cut the bottoms off for you but the vintage twin has done a bunch of curation of and and they're trying to scale it's very interesting they've expanded they're initially a pop-up 
and they they have done the cherry picking for you. So whereas, you know, again, I want to punch five people in the face and do it, you know, a uh, what's the du- it's not Donald Duck who's the duck that dives into the pile of gold coins uh, I don't know well it's a, it's a cartoon it's fine you've seen it or you haven't <laughs> but it, that's how I want to I want to like literally like you know do a nosedive motorboat into like a bunch of old smelly t-shirts but vintage twin uh, if you do want like vintage t-shirts vintage jeans and you're willing to pay a premium for them they're a little bit more organized um, they have a couple stores now and that's something that you can do and they're really going bang- gangbusters which means that like people really want to buy vintage they just don't want to have to figure out how to shop it I feel like you should at a place like a no relation vintage um, which is a cute little vintage store on the Lower East Side where you know you have the individual person writing you a paper receipt and everything, you know, there's stuff stuffed everywhere. That's what makes it really fun about New York. There's just so much stuff. There's also incredible other thrift, like Housing Works, um, nonprofit, and Goodwills in New York. I always go into. So you have a tremendous range. And I'm just skimming the surface when it comes to the places I go in New York. Um, but you can really have a really fun time. And I will highlight one place in Brooklyn. And, you know, I feel like doing a Manhattan guide and a Brooklyn guide could be totally separate. And maybe I will also do an additional Brooklyn guide. But uh, formerly known as Eva Gentry Consignment, now Consignment Brooklyn on Atlantic Avenue is has amazing things. Uh, really well priced, very well organized. Like the organization is Ina level, but the prices are much lower. So I stand very hard. I almost bought a pair of um, ridiculous emoji covered designer sneakers and they were really crazy looking. And then I just had to step away because like that puffer jacket with dicks for buttons that I saw at Tokyo 7, I had to just let myself know I was never going to fucking wear that. So I want to hear what you found in New York, what you're looking for in New York. Hit me up. As always, I am, you know, willing and able and ready to answer any of your questions. Uh, and they can be in a couple forms. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. Always email at hello at ingopodcast. You can slide into the DMs and be like, Meredith, I'm thinking about going to Ina in New York. Who should I ask for? Or I'm thinking about going to Consignment Brooklyn. Like, what do you think of this shop? I would love to procrastinate editing on my book, Brag Better, out in May 2020. Uh, and so I'd be happy to answer your questions. Hop into the DMs at INGO Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Meredith Feynman. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, joined by my producer, Sarah Lane. And I will tell you, it never gets old. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.